Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. I hope you had a good weekend. As you know, I was on Hannity Friday. Many of you liked that appearance. I was discussing at some length some of the history of past administrations, particularly Democrat administrations, and the abuse of power, and how the media basically gave them a pass. In fact, the media worked with them in many instances. Just as the modern American media has been working with the perpetrators of the collusion hoax, even though they know that FBI leaks of investigative matters are felonies, media have been working with them. They've been working with Adam Schiff. In other words, they're working with the government against this outsider, Trump, and his administration. Now, pretty much, I don't get to listen to all of it, but pretty much what you're hearing on TV and radio is a fairly, and I don't say this to be disrespectful, but a relatively surface explanation of why this is the case. And ranting and raving about the fact that it is the case. So even though my publisher gets angry when I do this, and the publisher does get angry when I do this, we're going to dig into this a little bit. You're now going to know more than anybody else. These things don't just happen, folks. It's not that all of a sudden there's liberals in the media. There's a whole training mechanism that's taking place. A whole school of thought that's taking place. They've been moving in this direction, the media anyway, but there's a really strong push. And I want to inform you about it. I want to expose you to this. And yes, this is all in the upcoming book, but I'm just giving you a little flavor here and there so you get a feel for how impactful I believe this is going to be. Most of you don't know who New York University professor Jay Rosen is. Why would you? Why would you? But you do know that New York University is a hardcore left-wing university. Well, there's a professor there. His name is Jay Rosen, and he's a leading voice in the idea of so-called, ready for this? Because the backbenchers will chew it up, but just this is between us. Public or civic journalism. It's called public or civic journalism. That is, the purpose-driven community-based social activism journalism movement that has been spreading throughout America's newsrooms for the past several decades. And uh, this fellow Rosen, this professor, is a harsh critic of the president. And he wrote in the Washington Post not long ago, imagine a candidate who wants to increase public confusion about where he stands on things so that voters give up on trying to stay informed and instead vote with raw emotion. Under those conditions, does asking, where do you stand, sir, serve the goals of journalism 
or does it enlist the interviewer in the candidate's chaotic plan? I know what you're thinking, journalists. What do you want us to do? Stop covering a major party candidate for president? That would be irresponsible. Well, true. But this reaction short-circuits intelligent debate. Beneath every common practice, he writes, in election coverage, there are premises about how candidates will behave. I want you to ask, do these still apply? I mean, Trump isn't behaving like a normal candidate, is he? He's acting like an unbound one. In response, he writes, journalists have to become less predictable themselves. They have to come up with novel responses. They have to do things they've never done. They may even have to shock us. This is Rosen, who is one of the leading lights of this movement, the so-called public or civic journalism, that is social activism journalism movement, which has taken hold at CNN and MSNBC, in the New York Times and the Washington Post. This is the first you've heard this, because I didn't know anything about it until about seven, eight, nine, ten months ago when I was doing my research. Rosen adds in his Washington Post op-ed, They may need to collaborate across new brands in ways they have never known. In other words, media will have to get together. They, the journalists, may have to call Trump out with a forcefulness unseen before. They may have to risk the breakdown of decorum in interviews and endure excruciating awkwardness. Jim Acosta, obviously, is a social activist journalist. Hardest of all. They will have to explain to the public that Trump is a special case and the normal rules do not apply. Now, I want to get on with this guy, this guy Rosen, because it's important. Because Jay Rosen, University of uh, New York University uh, professor, is having enormous influence. Now, one of the reasons why I and my publisher are hesitant to do something like this, because you will hear talk show hosts down the road. And listen, I'm not, I, I just want you to know how this works, why I get conflicted. We're going to pick up on this, wait a couple of weeks, and then spew it as if it's their own. And a lot of people who listen to this show may listen to other shows and may not know who's saying what. I'm telling you that this is very, very important. Very, very important to understand the core of what's taking place here. Professor Jay Rosen, NYU, another like-minded social activist of public and civic journalism. That's just what they call social activism journalism reject the traditional standards and notions of a, pre, of a free press for instead a radical approach to reporting where the media become an essential instrument for what? For the progressive movement. For the progressive movement. They call this the new journalism, just so you know. The new journalism grew up thinking of itself as liberal and objective. At the same time, it was objective insofar as it separated facts from values, reporting the facts and relegating the values to the editorial page. But to be objective or scientific, or scientific, in the way was itself a liberal value. But here's more Rosen. Lacking confidence in the intelligence and wisdom of his fellow citizens, Rosen insists on indoctrination and manipulation by media elites. Here's what he writes. Quote, If the public is assumed to be out there, more or less intact, then the job of the press is easy to state, to inform people about what goes on in their name and in their midst. But suppose the public leads a more broken existence, 
At times it may be alert and engaged, but just as often it struggles against our pressures, excuse me, other pressures, including itself, that can win out in the end. Inattention to public matters is perhaps the simplest of these. Atomization of society, one of the more intricate. Money speaks louder than the public. Problems overwhelm it. Fatigue sets in. Attention falters. Cynicism swells. A public that leads this more fragile kind of existence suggests a different task for the press, not just to inform a public that may or may not emerge, but to improve the chances that it will emerge. Well, what will emerge, folks? The public. For what? For the progressive cause of social activism. And he even cites John Dewey, who we've talked about many times before, an early progressive. John Dewey, an early hero of mine, he says, had suggested something like this in his book in 1927, The Public and Its Problems. And that book is cited not only in this book, but this book, that book of, Dewey, uh, of uh, Dewey is also cited in Rediscovering Americanism. So Rosen seems to be referencing Dewey's view of news as providing meaning, the social consequences of the information. Some of you are getting bored. I'm almost done. But I want you to know what's going on out there. I mean, I can beat the drums too, but let's just really focus in on this. Dewey wrote, quote, News signifies something which has just happened and which is new just because it deviates from the old and regular. But its meaning depends upon relations to what it imports, to what its social consequences are. So you see, Reporting events without a social context, folks, and the relationship to the past as part of a continuum isolates them from their connections. He says, even if social sciences as a specialized apparatus of inquiry were more advanced than they are, they would be comparatively impotent in the office of directing opinion on matters of concern to the public as long as they are remote from application. What he's trying to say here is in his writing, media. Press, reporters, don't just report the news. All the news means is something new and different than the status quo. Or something quite remarkable that took place. Or even unremarkable for that matter. You must give it meaning. Oh, and which meaning should we give it? You must give it the meaning of progressive social activism. Folks, this is part of the progressive movement. It's been going on for a long time. It's being pushed very, very strongly by individuals who have enormous influence on modern so-called journalists and journalism over the last several decades. That's why you're seeing it more and more radicalized. Now, there's a ton more to say about this. I'll save it for another day. But there is a reason. A reason why you have a CNN the way you have a CNN. There is a reason you have an MSNBC the way you have an MSNBC. There is a reason the New York Times news pages read like the New York Times editorial pages. And same with the Washington Post. There's a reason like they all sound pretty much the same. Is they all embrace community slash public slash social activism journalism of the left. And they have these professors, these intellectuals who are pressing the case as far back as Dewey and as recent as Rosen. And there's a lot more of this going on in our colleges and universities, which I explain in the book. I won't explain now. 
So when you say, Jesus, this, this news coverage is really out there, it is really out there. It's ideological. It's being taught. It's being trained. It's being pushed. It's being indoctrinated. Our understanding of news is not their understanding of news. Our understanding of news is traditional. Their understanding of news is perverse. It's bastardized. You cannot have pure news. You cannot have objective news. You cannot have truthful news. Now, they, I mean, that, that's their claim. And yet, many of them don't claim it publicly. Some do. And this is a divide among them. Some will say, we're objective news sources. Some will say, no, you can't be objective news source. You've got to at least explain these things. When Chuck Todd announces, I'll meet the depressed. Now, he's not a particularly bright guy. He didn't finish his political science degree. You know, he's a, he's, 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 uh, he's a lightweight. Let's just be honest. No offense, but he is. Most of them are. When Chuck Todd announced several months ago on his show, and we talked about it at length, that there is man-made climate change. And anyone who disagrees is a denier. Whether you're a physicist, whether you're a meteorologist, whatever your background, you are a denier, and we will not tolerate. And he's also the chief political reporter for NBC as well. We will not tolerate that or meet the press anymore. It's an Alinskyite-type social activism, hardcore activism, that now pervades the modern media. You see it especially on cable. I'm not getting into the Internet. It's all over the Internet. You see it especially on cable, but you also see it in some of these traditional news outlets. You see it broadly in the New York Times. You see it broadly in the Washington Post. So when they're all thinking this way, with some nuanced difference, of course. People are people. But when this is the approach, and, the, and it's certified as the right approach, then you cannot have attempts, even efforts, to pursue objective truth when it comes to reporting. I don't say this of all the local reporters, but it's pretty clear for the vast majority, not all, but the vast majority of national reporters. And you can also see the, the mindset is nurtured by where they live, most of them inside the Beltway or in the New York area. This bubble that they create for themselves, their disconnect from their audiences. So there's a lot of things going on here, which I try to discuss at length, people I try to tell you about, to reveal, and also the facts, the evidence about how poorly our press does press work. How most of our newsmen, I won't say most, how many of our newsmen are not newsmen. You can pre-order a copy of the book, Unfreedom of the Press, right now on Amazon.com or any of these type of online ordering sites. But you can get there right now. It's 40% off. I don't know how long it'll be 40% off. I'm chomping at the bit to get into this book in a heavy-duty way. I know the publisher's furious with me getting into That's okay. They'll live with it. But I hope I've piqued your interest. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Have you ever wished you knew more about how politics and our Constitution work? Could you explain the key differences between capitalism and socialism? Wish you knew more about American history? Well, I have good news for you. It's not too late to learn no matter how busy you are or how long it's been since you've been in college or high school. And you can do it for free. Because my friends at Hillsdale College, as a service to our country, have free online courses that provide a taste of the core curriculum that every Hillsdale College student takes. The core that teaches us how to think critically and act virtuously. And it can help you, too. Getting started is very simple. Just sign up for one or more of Hillsdale's most popular online courses for free. And you can learn whenever you like. Visit online.hillsdale.edu right now. That's online.hillsdale.edu. Join right now and you'll be on your way to a rich, meaningful education. Again, that's online.hillsdale.edu. As a, as a collective, these newsrooms and journalists are self-righteous. Because remember now, they're being taught and or they believe in a cause that they're leading. A cause, social activism. They're self-righteous in this cause. They believe they're morally superior to all of you. You've heard the way they talk about you. They're leaders of a cause. But they're also delusional in many respects. And they see Donald Trump in particular as an antichrist, if you will. That is, as anti the social activist movement. He's drawn millions and millions, tens of millions of followers and voters. And so they feel they have to use this special privilege that they're granted under the First Amendment, our Constitution, freedom of the press, to advance their social activism and to destroy those who are in the way. To destroy those who are in the way. They will never accept the fact that the reporting, in many respects, is defective or dishonest. So they live in two worlds in many, in many ways. They advance what is this social activism agenda, progressivism agenda. But on the other hand, many of them, while some of them will admit it and say we ought to do it more, many of them, I would guess most of them will not. They still pretend to be objective news people. And when the president and others criticize them, I don't mean use the government to shut them down as past president, just criticize them. Enemy of the people or fake news or whatever. The alarm bells go off. Because this president has come closer than any president in modern history to exposing them. I'm just giving a little bit of help here, a little bit of uh, flesh on the bone. We'll be right back. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus. The free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, 
mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Primus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Primus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. Mark Levin, radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. You know, in so many ways was on a side issue I could technically podcast I'd be the biggest conservative podcaster in the country there'd be no question about it if I wasn't on the radio I could self-publish I think I'd be one of the biggest conservative authors and of course I could do my own TV I could I could do all these things I don't I have partners in each and every one of them, but I don't have to have partners in any of them. Some days I wonder, don't you, Mr. Producer? Some days I say to myself, why do I need partners to do any of this stuff? Jake Tapper. Jake Tapper is a social activist journalist. This is a phrase that we're going to make popular, so you'll hear it repeated, but that's okay. He's very confused. Not really. But he's very defensive. Listen to this. He's got uh, Mike Mulvaney, who is the excellent uh, head of OMB, the acting chief of staff to the president of the United States. And Mulvaney gets on there in CNN, and he, and he says to Tapper in uh, so many words, he said, you know, you got your reporting all screwed up on the so-called Russian gate and collusion story. Now this report... They want this report released. And I'm going to get into all of this during the show. You have to admit, we've been on top of all of this, whether it's two years ago, more than two years ago, where we we laid out the basic outline of what was taking place. On the legal side, we've been right, right out front. There have been a lot of cowards in this business on TV and elsewhere uh, who had to wait. They were hesitant. They, They walked both sides of the aisle. Not me. I see it. I smell it. I taste it just like you. And we know tyranny when it's staring us in the face. But here's Tapper. Cut to go. He wants it released, but I'm not sure what you're saying. The media got wrong, but the media reported what, what the investigation was going on. The, I, other than the people in the media on the left, not on this network, I don't know. Right, whoa, 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 See, this is part of the game. Other than people in the media on the left, most of the people in the media are on the left. We know that from surveys and polls, and you'll also see that in the book. But beyond that, You hear it and see it. You hear it with your own ears and you see it with your own two eyes. But beyond that, they decide who their guests are going to be. Avenatti on dozens, 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 dozens of times. Adam Schiff on over and over and over again. Well, these are important people. They're also windbags for the left. They're also gas bags. So this is the game a lot of these anchors play, including Tapper. Well, that's just the left. You know, that's just the guy. That's not the news guy. Of course it is. You're putting a whole production package together and you're serving it and feeding it to the American people. You guys are liars. You sit there with your list of quote-unquote lies about the President of the United States, but you guys are liars. Go ahead. 
done anything wrong. We didn't say that there was conspiracy. We said that Mueller was investigating conspiracy. No, he didn't say Mueller was invest. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Go ahead. That's fine. That that's if that's your recollection of history, that's great. Face it. Come on, the media got this wrong, Jake. It's okay. People get stuff wrong all of the time, just not at this level. Uh, but it's done now. The report is there. It's extraordinarily thorough, as you know. I think they what they uh, talked to 500 people, issued 2,800 subpoenas, um, and it completely exonerates the president. There's no collusion. There's no obstruction of justice. And you see, the media are furious, so they want that whole report too. So they can say, see, we were right. See, we were right. So for them, it's now a matter of partisan politics, not reporting. But I want to uh, correct Tapper, and I'll do a little bit of reporting, thanks to our friend Chuck Ross at the uh, Daily Caller. He says here, Tapper's defense of CNN echoes one made March 27th by Chris Cuomo, another CNN host. What's wrong? What what wrong facts did we put out, Cuomo asked during a heated exchange with Republican Congressman Sean Duffy. Despite Tapper and Cuomo's denials, CNN has been plagued by errors in its reporting on the Russia investigation. It issued a massive correction December 7, 2017, to a story that claimed Donald Trump Jr. had been sent an email September 4, 2016, that contained undisclosed information from WikiLeaks. It turned out CNN sources provide the wrong date for the email. Trump Jr. actually received the email September 14, 2016, a day after the information contained in the email was already public. CNN was also forced to correct a June 7, 2017 article, co-authored by Tapper, by the way. They claimed James Comey would dispute President Trump's claims. They Comey had told him he was not under investigation. Comey undercut the CNN report during his testimony before the Senate Intelligence Committee. CNN was also embarrassed by one of its reports regarding the June 2016 meeting at Trump Tower. CNN reported July 27, 2018, that former Trump attorney Michael Cohen would be willing to tell the special counsel he overheard Donald Trump Jr. tell his father about the Trump Tower meeting, which involved several Russians. While the story fell apart, after Cohen's lawyer... Bagman Lanny Davis, that's my line, said Cohen did not know for certain whether Trump Jr. mentioned the meeting to his father. Davis also admitted to being a source for CNN and other news outlets that matched CNN's initial reporting. And beyond errors on individual stories, CNN routinely hyped allegations of collusion involving the Trump campaign. The network's anchors and stable of analysts relentlessly pushed collusion conspiracy theories Ever since the release of the Steele dossier, the infamous report alleging a well-developed conspiracy between the Trump team and the Kremlin. Now, why is Jake Tapper lying? It's all there. The history's done. It's all been recorded. He can't, he can't delete it. No 18-minute deletion here. So why is he lying? Because he hates Trump. Why does he hate Trump? Because he's a progressive ideologue and a social activist reporter. Well, how do you know that? Because he worked for a left-wing Democrat congresswoman, Mezvinsky. He also worked for Handgun Control Inc. And he is unable to be objective. Now, there's a lot of conservatives out there who pat this guy on the head. Because every now and then, he'll whack a Democrat. The game here isn't to add up 
how many Democrats he whacks and how many Republicans he whacks. You got to look at the at the long history of his reporting or even the two year history of his reporting when it comes to Trump. Is there any doubt when he goes on the Stephen Colbert show and other shows and so forth that he can barely contain his dripping hate for the president of the United States? No. You look at this guy, Brian Stelter. He's on Sundays. He has no audience, but he's out there. Brian Stelter has made an entire career trashing Trump and trashing Fox. He's doing the bidding of Mother Zucker. Jeffrey Mother Zucker, who runs CNN, runs all of CNN, CNN Domestic, CNN International. And Mother Zucker's out of the closet. Says, what's the problem? Then he says, we don't do investigations. We report. He go on the CNN website. They probably uh, brushed it by now. If you go on the CNN website, at least they used to have, maybe they still do a, an entire unit or section that says CNN investigates. Whatever happened to investigative reporters? They sit by their desks and get texts and emails and phone calls from senior FBI officials, from chairman of these committees. From what? How do they do their work exactly? So Jake Tapper, yesterday, Sunday on TV, lies through his teeth. And, of course, there will be no consequences for that, no accountability whatsoever when your boss is Jeffrey Motherzucker. Who thinks this is great? Or Brian Stelter. Two years ago, when I mentioned the FISA accord and mentioned there was a FISA application and, and it was in the media, he said, I hadn't done any individual independent reporting. I have no idea. Excuse me, but somebody else did. No, 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 no. You don't understand. He's so in the tank. He's such a progressive and a social activist warrior that he'll never be a real journalist. He's incapable of being a journalist. He's incapable of being a reporter. And CNN is populated with people like this. Morning, noon, and night. CNN is populated with people like this. So is MSNBC. Same at the New York Times and the Washington Post. Almost all like-minded. Almost all like-minded. And now they're digging in. They want the whole report. We need the... First of all, first of all, the Democrats and the media, right? They demand a criminal investigation of Trump. They demand a special counsel. They give voice to it. They push it. And they get it. Now it's, well, just because he says there's no collusion doesn't mean there's no collusion. And we need the whole report. We need the whole report. Even though they know damn well the attorney general can't give them grand jury information. I told you that weeks ago. Even though they know damn well the, the uh, attorney general can't flop classified information on the table like that. They know this. Even though they know damn well Watergate. Jaworski <coughs> kept under seal the vast majority of the report because he said you cannot accuse people you haven't charged with criminal behavior. They don't care. Why? They're progressive social activists. That's why the media and the Democrat Party, these chairmen, they're all comfortable together. That's why when Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski got married at the National Archives, they had Elijah Cummings, a chairman of one of these committees, do the service. They're one and the same 
when it comes to their mindset and their groupthink. They're one in the same. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, many of our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But sadly, many have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse and instead peddle their moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, there's Hillsdale College. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. And as Hillsdale enters its 175th year, their goal is simple and yet profound, to help students understand what is noblest and best in yourself and the world. Hillsdale College's liberal arts education and vibrant campus community helps students form a foundation for the rest of their lives, a truly life-defining experience. So if you're looking for a college that prizes learning and values intellectual enthusiasm, where everyone shares a strong sense of meaning and purpose, welcome to Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu slash admissions to plan a visit and learn more. That's hillsdale.edu slash admissions. Are you ready for this, folks? Some of you aren't going to like what I'm going to say, but I believe it. I don't think Biden has been involved in sexual misconduct. I really don't. He's creepy. He's, he does creepy things. But sexual misconduct, no. Creepy stuff, yes. So, uh, but they're out to knock him off because, uh, look, he's a liberal. He's a vicious guy, and now it's coming home to roost. It really is. What he's done to other people's reputations and careers when he sat there as chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, whether it was Bork, whether it was Thomas, and a host of other nominees for circuit court positions, Biden's paying the price now. In the long haul of history, he's helped created this movement that's now devouring him. Do I think he sexually harassed anybody? No. Nor do I think Clarence Thomas sexually harassed anybody? No. Nor do I think Brett Kavanaugh sexually harassed anybody? No. No. But Biden's very creepy. And he's done creepy things that Brett Kavanaugh never did. I mean, we have video of Biden. But sexual harassment or molestation, stuff like that, no, he hasn't done that. He hasn't done that. Not in my opinion, unless somebody has something more. We've got to be consistent about these things. He's creepy. Don't get me wrong. I've always thought he's creepy. I've always thought he's a creep. But this stuff in 2009, he did this. And, you know, I, I just, I'm sorry, folks. I'm just not up for it. I'm just not. I'm not up for it. If you got something like Clinton, Bill Clinton, or John Kennedy, or Lyndon Johnson, that's fine. That's real stuff. But no, I don't think Biden's guilty of sexual harassment. He's guilty of being a creep and creepy. How much time do I have, Richie? Well, not enough time. Give me a, a, a either a hostile caller or a real good caller. On the Mark Levin app, which you all should have, Corey in Florida. Go. Mark, how are you this evening? 
All right, sir. Thank you. I just wanted to comment that uh, all the things you're talking about, one of the things you taught me is about virtue and how the pe- this republic to survive, we have to have virtue. And these, repu- these reporters are completely without virtue. Mm-hmm. But last night I witnessed two reporters that had so much virtue. They were unbelievable. And I strongly advise any Levinites who didn't get to watch last night's Life, Liberty, and Levin. That was the most powerful show. And I've seen every one of your Life, Liberty, and Levin shows. Thank you, my friend. This Life, Liberty, and Levin show and the way I'm doing the format has become enormously popular. I'm just telling you the truth. For a 10 p.m. Eastern Time Sunday show, it's enormously popular. Other shows are trying to work on the similar formats. I can't say I blame them, but I'm glad you're watching. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We hear it said... That the executive branch under Donald Trump is power grabbing. It's covering up. President's like a dictator. All right, let me ask you a few questions. These Democrats say they want the entirety of the Mueller report. Now, you know that won't satisfy them regardless, but let's, let's play along. I would like the entirety, the entirety of all those sexual harassment Hush money deals from members of Congress. Remember that, Mr. Producer? They used our tax dollars for that. I'd like to see all those reports. Would you like to see that, folks? All the settlement agreements? We paid for them. Why isn't the Freedom of Information Act apply to members of Congress? Why does it only apply to the executive branch? They say they believe in transparency. Well, because they don't want to have to hire staff and... You know, be careful about what they say and write and so forth. Why don't we have access to their phone records, to their text messages, to their emails? I mean, we really want equality, my conservative brothers and sisters in the media. We really want equality among the branches of government. Okay, let's release those sexual harassment hush money deals. They like the word hush money for non-disclosure agreements, you know. Hush money deals. Let's release those. You and I paid for those. Why shouldn't we see them? These are our so-called representatives. Why shouldn't the Freedom of Information Act apply to Adam Schiff? Why shouldn't we see his phone records and his texts to see what kind of a leaker he is? Why shouldn't we? Is there an inspector general for the United States Congress? I'm unaware of one. Are you aware of one, Mr. Producer? There's no inspector general for the United States Congress. Maybe there ought to be an inspector general. We have an inspector general of every department of agency of the executive branch, why isn't there an inspector, inspector general for Congress? And then what I proposed and keep beating on here is tax returns. If the president's tax returns, and not just his tax returns, I read to you the letter that Elijah Cummings sent to the president's accounting firm. That is the firm that does his taxes. 
it had more than just tax returns. They wanted all discussions, any notes, any underlying documents and financial information over the last 10 years, even well before the time he was president of the United States. Well, is there a single member of Congress who's done that? Is there a single member? Has Elijah come You know, Mr. Producer, just to prove the point, why don't you invite Elijah Cummings on the program, okay? We go through this process, ladies and gentlemen, just to show you what frauds and hypocrites they are. Elijah Cummings. Will he release all his bank statements, all his contacts with his accountant, all information related to his finances? How about Nancy and Paul Pelosi? Will the Pelosi's do that? No, of course they don't. They don't volunteer to do that. Well, I thought we believed in equal branches of government. All these guys running around on the National Emergencies Act, 1976. Well, this is unbelievable what's happening here. Oh, absolutely. We've never seen anything like this. The power grab and the separate. The Democrats will be able to. Democrats are already doing it. Wake the hell up. No, no, you don't get the sexual harassment deals by members of Congress, even though you paid for it. No, FOIA doesn't apply to Congress. No, we don't get to see their phone records and their texts and their email. No, 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 no. We don't get 10 years of their tax returns and their bank information. No, 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 no. Only the president. We need transparency, except when it comes to Congress, right? You even have this idiot Dan Abrams, the legal analyst at ABC who started this site, Mediate. This Mediate site is constant. Trump hating, Fox hating, conservative hating. They throw in a conservative now and then, but trust me, it's like uh, here and there. He's convinced, says old Dan, that this report is going to eviscerate the president and that, and that the prosecutor, Mueller and his team, they're going to mention that we can't indict a sitting president, so here we are, we have this issue. What he should say, and he won't say, because he's exactly of the sort I described in the first hour. They should be very, very concerned that a prosecutor would put in writing anything that they couldn't do in court and then demand its release to the public in order to smear somebody. They should be very concerned about that as lawyers, as legal analysts, but they're not because they're slip and fall lawyers and they're phone analysts. Just like that Mediate website, all it does, it cherry picks video from other places or, or makes copies of television shows and so forth or radio shows with some little liberal prebubescent buffoon writing a little comment and then they put it up on their, on their site and say, oh, look at this. And there's one I wanted to talk about in particular. I don't know who Tamar Auber is, if that is his or her name. But over the weekend, on that site I just mentioned, there was a headline. The headline read like this. Son of Stormfront founder, and I've been a victim, I don't mean physically, a victim of that website, the Stormfront website. These are neo-Nazi Klansman types. You remember this, Rich? The, the cute photos of me that they had with the star David and uh, a noose around my neck and all the rest of it. Son of Stormfront founder tells CNN his family watches Tucker Carlson for tips on white nationalist talking points. 
Now, media, I thought this was very important. CNN thought this was very important. Tucker Carlson has millions of viewers, great patriots, great Americans who pay their taxes, who follow the rules, who are not white supremacists, not white nationalists or anything of the kind. But because CNN and Van Jones interviews this punk, they just smear him. Let me, son of Stormfront founder, tell CNN his family watches Tucker Carlson for tips on white nationalist talking points. The son of of Stormfront founder, Don Black, revealed on CNN on Saturday. So stop there. Why did CNN bring on the son of the Stormfront founder? Why did CNN do that? Did that give you any kind of news, any information that you need? No, because they're going to do a smear job. The son of Stormfront founder Don Black revealed on CNN on Saturday that his family watches Fox News' Tucker Carlson for tips on white supremacist talking points. Derek Black grew up making white supremacist speeches and embracing the hate that fills Stormfront's pages. Then he went to college and his life changed. He spoke about his family and his change with Van Jones. Now, Van Jones, of course, is a Marxist. But that doesn't matter anymore. Marxism, communism, that doesn't matter anymore. Spoke to Van Jones, including his thoughts about what is heard on Fox News. They've been trying to paint Tucker Carlson as a white nationalist now for a year. For a year. Because he objects to this unbridled, massive, illegal immigration that's taking place in this country. Which really isn't a white nationalist position. That's an American position. Following the rule of law, securing the border. It's the Marxists on the left, the Democrats, the Van Jones types who are into nullification. Harking back to the Confederacy, by the way. But let me go on. Black's comments about Carlson were made after Jones aired clips of Carlson and other Fox personalities promoting, according to Jones, anti-immigrant and anti-diversity views. Really? So if you believe in following existing immigration laws, or if you believe in a respite where we can have assimilation, which occurred earlier in the last century for many decades, you might be a white supremacist. So when Dwight Eisenhower literally rounded up one million illegal aliens, he was a white nationalist. Oh. So when Ralph Abernathy, the number one lieutenant to Martin Luther King, after Martin Luther King's death, went to the southern border with Walter Mundo, among others, to object to illegal immigrants coming across the board. They were white nationalists too, I take it. Or when all the Democrats virtually voted to secure the border, they were white nationalists too. No, no, only now, you see, it's a white nationalist position. It's very alarming to me to see at the highest levels, even anchors at Fox speaking that way, Jones said after the clips ended, Does it alarm you? Oh, good, Van. Now, this guy, Van Jones, is invited to the White House. He's invited to CPAC because he pushes this uh, prison break movement, and the Republicans want to be seen as supporting it, and then they support it. You're never going to win over Van Jones. He's a hardcore Marxist ideologue. You're never going to win these leftists over. It's not going to happen. 
If you eliminate prisons, it's not going to happen. If you eliminate the border, it's not going to happen. Black said, indeed, it is alarming. Quote, it really, it's really, really alarming that my family watches Tucker Carlson, the Tucker Carlson show, once, and then watches it on replay because they feel that he's making the white nationalist talking points better than they have, and they're trying to get some tips on how to advance it. Black explained before noting it, it was change of community that prompted him to rethink his white supremacist beliefs. Defamation. A complete smear job. Vicious, vile smear job with Van Jones and CNN using this punk to attack Tucker Carlson. Really, really outrageous. Nobody should have to put up with this. To have another cable network attacking Fox and attacking their hosts like this is absolutely appalling. And these are the people who bring you news about the president. These are the people who bring you news about issues. Really, really appalling. Good job there, Dan Abrams. Hope that toupee on your head is glued on really nice and tightly. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Is there any doubt that Van Jones is an extremist, that he's a social activist? And that, there he is. He brings on the son of a white supremacist to trash Tucker Carlson and the Fox News Channel. They have millions of viewers, but he chooses this viewer or chooses this individual to talk about his family watching Tucker Carlson. Folks, I don't know who listens to my program and I don't know what motivates them. The vast majority of the people who listen to the program, we're like one big family. But there could be some nut jobs out there, too. That doesn't mean you're nut jobs and I'm a nut job. That means that person who is a nut job is listening and he's a nut job. Whether he's taking notes or she's taking notes or not. Maybe they're taking notes on uh, Van Jones's show. Maybe Antifa's taking notes on Van Jones's show. I mean... It's day in and day out this. I'll give you an example. This guy, Brian Stelter, he exists. He is there to defame the president of the United States and Fox and anybody else who gets in his way, which is why he has no ratings. But listen to this. This is also from yesterday. Cut three. Go. President Trump right now celebrating Robert Mueller's no collusion conclusion. He's celebrating by condemning the press. He's repeating a Fox News talking point. You can see it right here. It says the New York Times and the Washington Post's Pulitzer Prizes for Russia coverage should be taken away. No, 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 no. First of all, why shouldn't they be taken away? But you see, the president's repeating a Fox News talking point. Brian Stelter is repeating talking points his entire career here. Perhaps the president agrees with the point. I know I do. We brought it up. So what? Is that really worth covering over at CNN? When will CNN actually cover news, ladies and gentlemen? Does CNN know what's going on in China? We now have satellite photos showing China's anti-satellite laser base. 
The Free Beacon, Bill Gertz, he's reported that. When will CNN actually report some news? Rather than concocting these things about the president, his supporters and so forth. Go ahead. He says... But the papers were actually honored for covering Russia's real 2016 attack against the U.S. election and for covering Trump world's connections to Russia. All of that was real. Well, why would you get a Pulitzer for Trump world's connections to Russia? Why would you get a Pulitzer Prize for that? What's the big deal? What about Hillary and Bill Clinton's connections to Russia? Did anybody write about anyone get a Pulitzer for that? What about the Hillary campaign's connection to Russia? You know the story, washing the money through these various entities. Anybody get a Pulitzer for that? John Solomon, Sarah Carter, they get Pulitzers? Why aren't they? Why shouldn't they? Go ahead. But there's also been an enormous amount of speculation in the past two and a half years. about Now, see, this guy is a speculator. He's a denier. He's a propagandist. But now he wants to tell, hey, but you know, there's other people out there, but not me, Don Lemon, not me, you know, of course. Go ahead. And even worse, there has been a reckoning in the past week about the media's coverage of these issues. And yet, we're still kind of in the dark. I mean, let's remember that headline right there. The Mueller report is more than 300 pages long. So far, we've only seen 101 So he takes up the cause of the Democrat Party. Two years ago when I brought up this FICE application because it was leaked in the newspapers and for some reason nobody else picked up on it, he had no interest at all. He didn't say we need to see the FICE application, we need to know what took place. Not a word. He wasn't curious at all. In fact, he said, you didn't do the independent reporting. How come he didn't want to know and still doesn't want to know what's in the FICE application? How come no one at CNN wants to know? How come no one at CNN asked the question, what did Obama know? What did Hillary Clinton know? What did Valerie Jarrett know? What did Susan Rice know? What did Samantha Power know? They don't ask the question. Why is that? Because they're not interested in news, are they? Go ahead. So there's a lot to dissect. There's a lot to dissect. And it sounds to me like your brain has been dissected already, my friend. You're a Class A propagandist, Stelter. I've been talking about you for over two years now. You're the class clown. You're the class clown. You can't even hide it. And that's a big deal. Because your class is filled with clowns. But you're the biggest buffoon of the bunch. Trump's attacking the medium. Has this guy gotten through puberty yet, Mr. Producer? I mean, we don't know, but obviously. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. 
Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. Mr. Right, Mr. Conservative, and Mr. Constitution. But you can call him Mark at 877-381-3811. See how I defend other hosts, Mr. Producer, by looking at the facts while others sit back and just amuse themselves? I never get defended by anybody. I mean, a handful of people, really. When I was attacked two years ago for telling the truth, pulling up articles that the media put out there. I didn't put them out there. Some of my good friends in this business defended me. Some of my best friends in this business never said a word. Not a word. I've defended them down the line because I know they're good people. They're under attack. People are trying to destroy them. They want to take them out. They want to ruin their careers. They want them off radio and want them off TV. Down the line. Because I know what the opposition's up to. It's evil. You know, we're getting to a place in this country that is frankly dangerous. Fake news, fake hate crimes, fake investigations, fake friends, and the list goes on. Here's the good news. There are actually a few things left that are real. Like Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. I take this product because it makes me feel a hell of a lot better. And I know I'm using a quality product made of real ingredients. None of this synthetic stuff. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and veggies. And it helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. It is as simple as putting one scoop in a cup of water. You stir, you're done, you drink it, it tastes great. You don't have to take my word for it. They have over 1,000 five-star reviews from people just like you and me who've made the choice to live a healthier life. Plus, listen to this. They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back, so you have no risk, nothing to lose whatsoever. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouse, one word, Levin, L-E-V-I-N.com, promo code LEVIN. Get 15% off your first order just for trying it out with the promo code LEVIN. And again, you have 100% satisfaction guaranteed. That's BrickHouseLevin.com, promo code LEVIN. BrickHouseLevin.com, promo code LEVIN. You know, many of you have listened to me talk about this. Well, you know, maybe tomorrow. Do it now. Jump in now. BrickHouseLevin.com, promo code LEVIN. And by the way, it helps boost your immunity. It includes organic strawberry, raspberry, blueberry, cranberry, pomegranate for antioxidant strength. Helps boost your metabolism with organic ginger. I mean, green tea. Field of Dreams really is very, very healthy. And I hope you'll take it. I do. It's really quite good. Well, let's take a call. Joe! New York City, the great WABC. Go! Good evening, Mark. Good evening. 
Very well, thank you. Mark, I just wanted to say I just bought two Unfreedoms of the Press last week. One for Thank the you. Kindle and one for the book collection. I want to knock the show off the uh, off the book list and anything I could do to help. And I'm, I plan on Thank buying you. more. I just I, I, to- and by and by the way, I think you're going to really, really like it. It's very readable. It's very compelling. And I'll tell you what, on Amazon right now, it's forty percent off. I, I mean, that is a big discount right out of the box. Go right ahead. Um, and I just wanted to, you are a, a teacher. I tell my friend all the time, Hannity, he's a great entertainer, and you as well, my friend. But for a lot of us guys that are uneducated that want to educate, you're a teacher. And one of the well, keep kids- something in mind. Hannity was probably my biggest teacher in radio. So, uh, but for guys like him, I wouldn't be here. So, you know. Anyway, go right ahead. Thank you. Yeah. You know what, Mark? What I, want, I wanted to say on this Biden thing. I was telling a friend of mine, what do you, what do you think? I'm, I'm going to hang up and listen to your thoughts on this. Yeah. What do you, you think this is just like a hit job by the yes. crazy segment of the Democratic Party and the press? Because, you know... One, 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 let, don't hang up. One of the accusers is a Bernie Sanders supporter. And the other accuser, if you go on her, I don't know if it's Twitter site, I think, uh, she has all the women candidates running for office, uh, very positive about them. That doesn't mean they're not telling the truth. But even if they are telling the truth, that what Biden did, it just, it, you know, it might make people uncomfortable. As I say, the guy's kind of creepy. Uh, he has destroyed many, many uh, individuals, their characters, or he's tried to on uh, really outrageous allegations. And now he's, uh, he's facing the piper, as they say. But do I think he sexually harassed anybody? No. Unless we have more than this. You know, you know, Mark. I gotta say, for years, I'm, I'm a lifelong uh, Republican since my youth. My grandfather, you know, he, he pointed me towards President Reagan. I've always been, you know, a lifelong conservative Republican, et cetera. But I always kind of liked Joe Biden, as, as most do. And it was you who really opened my eyes to him. And as I read more, I, I know. I remember one night you were commenting on um, this nominee that President Reagan had, and how he tore the guy down, and he pretty much laughed in the guy's face after it, and you know. Went back with the Joe, Joe Biden is a political hitman. That's yeah. what he's always been, a political hitman. So now he's paying the price. I'm just telling people what I think, you know, whether whether or not Joe Biden sexually harassed or molested. I doubt it. I don't see it here. Again, I see him being uh, creepy. That's what he is. He's a creep. But, uh, even that, like, Mark, what you said about, you know, I went back and I watched that debate he had with Paul Ryan. He, he tore Paul Ryan to shit. That's really just more, you said it 100%. He's just a political hack hitman, and I think he's got no place in this field now because you can tell what the press wants. They want to come out of Harris or, or one of these black jobs, and they just want to try to take him out. And I think Bernie's going to be next, too. I think well, well, look, this Elizabeth Warren and another one jumped right in. She said, I, I believe this accuser. Uh, I believe her name is Flores. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I believe... Uh, I, I believe now there's two, and she said, I believe them, and Joe's got to answer. So, yeah, they're, they're more than happy to try and take him out. But you know what? The, if the Democrats want to destroy each other, that's their problem. I know who I support. I support Trump. Uh, yes, exactly, Mark. I'm with you 100%. I support the president, and I support great Americans like you. Mark, I'm a guy who never went far in college, and like I said, I listen to your program every night, and it's entertaining, and like I said, you're a teacher, and I can't thank you so much for what you do. 
You're a great voice. Well, and you're one you're of the ve- you're very there. you're very kind, my friend. Uh, listen, I'm going to be doing a book signing in New Jersey. I'm going to announce that soon. You're in uh, New York. Try and come over, Joe. I'll let you know later when it is. I, I always miss you. I, I actually always wanted to get a signed book, and um, hopefully. All right, you know. I'll tell you what. Don't hang up. I'm going to make sure you're on our very short list because I can't do this for everybody. But Joe's been listening a long time. Don't hang up. When the book comes out, we'll make sure you get a signed copy. Thank you, Joe. John, Salt Lake City, Utah, the great KDXU. Go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Before you go, John, today, as I was flying back from Florida, my parents' house flooded. A pipe burst. We've been working on this for weeks now, trying to get it abated and trying to get it in order and trying to get it fixed. Um. I was flying back, and it uh, was on JetBlue, and, of course, they had this IT problem, so we were late, but I wasn't going to miss my show. But I didn't even tell Mr. Producer. Guess who was on the plane, Mr. Producer? No, not Joe Biden. Uh, Mitt Romney. Now, he didn't see me, and I didn't get time to, to go up and shake his hand or anything, but Mitt Romney was there. He wasn't traveling with anybody. He was sitting in, like, row 15 or something. I thought to myself, this gentleman ran for president of the United States. And look, um, also, Alcee Hastings. Remember him, congressman from uh, Florida? He's actually, all right, here, I'm going to get attacked again. I'm not talking about his politics, okay? We know where we stand on that. Couldn't be nicer. Couldn't be nicer. Does that shock you? He says, hi, Mark. How you doing, Congressman? How you doing? I mean, we, it's not like we had a long chat. It's an interesting flight. I mean, I'm, I'm coming back from, uh, it's the Palm Beach Airport. I'm not in Palm Beach. My parents had a home in uh, Boynton Beach. Uh, sort of the other side of the tracks, I guess you might say. And all these different people are coming and going. They must be, the, you know, Hastings I get. Scarborough Meek, I get. I believe they live in Jupiter somewhere around there, Florida. But these other politicians, they got to be fundraising. Why would he be in Palm Beach other than to try and raise money for something? Don't you think? <clears throat> anyway, John, I bored the hell out of you. Go ahead. No, no, no. It was grand. No, it was great. Now, I'm sorry about the parents' house. I, I do want to extend belated condolences to your father. Um, I'm glad your call screener didn't put me on right away. Give me a chance to become less nervous. Get, get my PTSD dog over here. Have All right, relax. Take it easy. Thanks. Deep breath. Right, One deep breath. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Big it's okay. It's okay. Discovered you late 2008, it was, on the campaign. Yeah. Listen to Sean, the great one. Finally had an internet connection looked you up. Anyway, this isn't what I... I Go right ahead. About. Take your time. I appreciate that. But hurry up, as you got to quote <laughs> the Stooges. Grew up with the Stooges. Grand... But, uh, okay, so, as I told the call screener, I think this, and you, you pointed out today, this, this, this Van Jones is a serial slander of Tucker, Carl, Tucker Carlson. And I know it's not going to happen because of Johnny Roberts and everybody else on the court, but this really is a reason why we should have the court revisit that dreadful um, New York Times v. Sullivan case. Now, I don't have the case book here in front of me, but I remember I went back and read um, some of the rationale behind that case, they had some just absurd statements, one of them being that public figures belong to all of us, and I know I'm badly paraphrasing it, 
It's like, wait a minute, that's that's absurd. Their person doesn't belong to all of us because they're not slaves. I, I, I th- you're on to something, Lynn Wood, when he brought it up. He's on to something, but the, 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 the gentleman who began this was Clarence Thomas, who put it in a <clears throat> in an opinion of his, in a writing of his, and he's quite right. You know, and I talked about this on Life, Liberty, and Levin. I've talked about it here. You know, when the country was, uh, was uh, founded and when the republic, the constitutional republic was founded, Uh, The First Amendment, which came later, the Bill of Rights came later, but the First Amendment, it was always understood, number one, just to apply to the federal government, which, of course, it doesn't anymore. And but number two, uh, that the states would be free to to maintain or change or whatever they want. They're libel laws. So you're free to say whatever you want. But if you call somebody this side or the other and you violate a state libel law, well, you're going to have to defend yourself. Well, what this Supreme Court decision did, and it was this activist court that, that was activist for a couple of decades, and really uh, what they decided is, no, you have immunity, because basically the test, the standard is so high that it's incredibly difficult for a public figure uh, to win. And then the term public figure was broadened and broadened and broadened. Uh, they pulled back a little bit, as Lynn Wood explained, but it's still quite broad. And so you have people who can go on TV like Van Jones, and smear people. You have people like Van Jones who can go on TV and bring the sun of the Stormfront uh, website and, uh, and newspaper, this, uh, this uh, neo-Nazi type or a Klan type guy to come on and say that they watch Tucker and take notes. I mean, this is really outrageous. When I can watch Tucker, I watch him. I can't watch him all the time because I'm on the air. And I don't always agree with him, but he's sharp as hell. He's very interesting. He's willing to debate. There's nothing white supremacist about the guy. Stormer guy, he must be making it up. There's no way that he, you're going to get any white supremacist notes. If he is, they're smoking something. Well, if you've had enough with illegal immigration, if you've had enough with millions and millions of people pouring over our border illegally, and you want to secure the border, you want physical barriers, you want people deported, you want visa rules enforced, that is... You want to enforce what Congress already passed. You object to sanctuary cities. Uh, You support ICE. You don't want to see ICE abolished and go on and on and on. You must be a white supremacist. That means you don't want people of color in this country. Tell me, we have legal immigration. Does it say we don't want people of color in our legal immigration laws? No, the the problem with that logic is that you can't. You, you can. It, it doesn't depend. Securing the border doesn't depend on white supremacy. I mean, I tell you what. I uh, I had interviewed with the border patrol once. I, I had a, you know, an accident ended up getting leading to me having to get separated from the military. But I went in there, and in the interview room were four um, border patrol captains. You know, they had the you know the double bars on their collar. Every last one of them, their their name ended with either Easy. Or with the vowel. Yeah, a lot, all, what you're saying is, and it's true that a lot of them, I don't know what the percentages are, as we say today, Latinxes. So you're not allowed to say Latina or Latino. They're Latinxes. Latinx, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that sounds like someone's... All right, my, my producer's yelling at me. I got to go. Thank you for your call. Wasn't that... See, no reason to be nervous. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I really enjoyed being on uh, Sean Hannity's show Friday. 
And he said to me, I'm going to bring you on the program, and I'm going to let you talk for 15 minutes. I said, really? I said, what would you like me to talk about? He said, whatever you want. Obviously relevant to current events. And I did. I spoke for 15 minutes, as you know, those of you who watched. It was the highest quarter rating on his program and the highest quarter rating for the entire night on Fox primetime. Now, why is that? Because it's me? No. Well, in part, but not in full. Because of the subject matter. Because we like to talk about smart things that have an effect on current events in your lives. And we discussed some of the things we talk on radio. We talked about past Democrat administrations and what they did with the FBI and the IRS. We talked about past Democrat administrations and what they did against the media. And not just because they're Democrats, because, again, perspective is important. History is important. It's not, some people dismiss it as whataboutism. I think whataboutism is crucially important. Otherwise, we're just leftists who believe the world begins today. We all sound like Aach. And by the way, that's catching on. I appreciate it. People come up to me at airports and they talk about Aach. I won't call her AOC. It's Aach. Dumb as a doorknob. Dumb as they come. People are out to get me. Fox, no, you're an idiot. People just shine a light on you. You're an idiot. That's why you won't come on my show or, any, or, uh, or come on any show that will challenge you. So I'm glad you watched it. Very much enjoyed doing the Sunday show as well. And Levin TV, and I'm glad you watched those programs. More than half of Americans are having a hard time affording their prescription drugs. Now, we've been talking about the role of pharmacy benefit managers in keeping prescription drug costs high. It looks like Congress is finally paying attention to pharmacy benefit managers, PBMs. Chuck Grassley, chairman of the Senate Finance Committee, says patients and taxpayers are owed an explanation about what PBM middlemen do. He's called five major PBMs to come to Capitol Hill this week to explain their role to his committee. I'm glad he's asking because I don't know what the hell they do either, except skim the money off the top that's supposed to go to the patients and drive up the expenses of Medicare, which costs all of us. I'm for free market medicine, not for this kind of uh, mob mentality and gang activity in my view. President Trump wants to stop PBMs from keeping hidden drug rebates and discounts intended for seniors and the disabled for themselves. I couldn't agree more, and that's why I'm the one who started speaking out against this. The president's proposal would help lower drug prices at the pharmacy by passing all drug discounts and rebates to seniors, saving them billions of dollars. That's good news. But we're not going to stop talking about it until we get some real action. And by the way, we're going to reject socialism at every level, especially when it comes to medicine. Get the facts. Go to truehealthcarefacts.com. That's truehealthcarefacts.com. Truehealthcarefacts.com. I'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet 
which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, Now Donald Trump is the target of unrelenting hate by the media and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is the target of unrelenting love because they want to promote her. As imperfect as she is, she appeals to stupid people, some millennials, all liberals. And... uh, She had something to say on MSLSD on Friday that I think is worth your attention. Cut six, go. When our party was boldest, the time of the New New Deal, the Great Society, the Civil Rights Act, and so on, we had and carried supermajorities in the House, in the Senate. We carried the presidency. No, 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 no. Actually, uh, more Republicans as a percentage uh, voted in the Senate for uh, the Civil Rights Acts of 64 and 65 than Democrats. The first Civil Rights Acts in the modern period were first proposed by Dwight Eisenhower, 1956-1960, and were voted on. Uh, But anyway, go ahead. They had to amend the Constitution of the United States to make sure Roosevelt did not get reelected. Now let's stop right there. And the idiot... I guess it's Chris Hayes, Mr. Producer. He says, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. First of all, Roosevelt was reelected to a fourth term. And he died shortly thereafter. So they didn't amend the Constitution to stop Roosevelt. They amended the Constitution because they thought four terms, or elected terms, was too long for a president... Up until that time, no president ran for more than two terms. That was a tradition set by George Washington. But, of course, like much else, Franklin Roosevelt and his hardcore left-wing progressives broke with tradition. But let's understand her conspiracy theory. She said they had to amend the Constitution of the United States to make sure Roosevelt did not get reelected. The Republicans control, by the way, 38 state legislatures back then? No. So who, who is she talking about? Who are they? 
So Roosevelt was reelected to a fourth term. He died early in that term. That brought us Harry Truman. Uh, the move to amend the Constitution began thereafter. Constitution was amended within a couple of years. It was amended in 1947, which means there was a big effort and support within the body politic, Republican, Democrat, Independent, to do that. And so no president can serve more than 10 years now. Is there anything about the Constitution that this person likes, doesn't like the Electoral College? What else she doesn't like? Doesn't like a lot of it. Is there any reason we should give a damn? Is there any re- She has dumbed down our politics. The media keep promoting her because the media have dumbed down our politics with their social activism and their progressive ideology. Is there a reason why she's promoted like this, other than for the media to advance its agenda? And conversely, is there a reason why President Trump, I'm listening to Top of the News 10 minutes ago on my network that I have to listen to this, trashing Trump again. Do you know, ladies and gentlemen, there are people on the president's staff, including two senior people, where the president pushed, had to step in and get them their security clearances. So what? The bureaucracy is not supposed to run the office of the presidency. So what? And let me tell you another little secret that's going on here. The security pass system in and around the White House has become the plaything of the left. Hope Republicans on that committee wake the hell up, the Judiciary Committee, which, whichever the, uh, the little Stalinist committees are working on this. This administration has had great difficulty getting security clearances, not because they're picking people who don't deserve them, but because the bureaucracy is fighting against them. So they have trouble manning the NSA, the NSC. They have trouble manning the office uh, of the president. They have trouble manning all these offices, not because people are disqualified, but because the Obama left that has secreted itself in the bureaucracy at all levels is undermining them. That should be the real controversy. I listen to these idiot so-called reporters President of the United States apparently approved people with security. Congress wants to look into it. Congress wants to see that. Congress, Congress. Now, uh, let's go to cut seven, please. Go. And I think it's important to note that that this is here. This is not something yeah, that's right. coming. We had, you know, on the events of September 11, 2001, thousands of Americans died in one of the in the largest uh, terrorist attack on U.S. soil, and our national response. Whether we agree with it or not, our national response was to go to war in one, then eventually two countries. 3,000 Americans died in Puerto Rico. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I don't need her to rewrite history. I don't need her and you don't either to rewrite history. We went into Afghanistan to get Obama bin Laden and to make sure Osama <laughs> I meant Osama bin Laden, sorry. They sound similar. Um, and to prevent this from ever happening again, the Taliban promoted him, gave him a safe harbor and so forth. Whatever you think of it, we just went into Afghanistan. And Iraq was a breeding ground for terrorism too. Whether you agree with the decision or not, whether you want to reinvent your justification or reject it, the fact of the matter is also that we went in there for noble reasons. Go ahead. Math of Hurricane Maria. 
Where is our response? 3,000 Americans died in Puerto Rico in the aftermath of Hurricane Maria. 3,000 Puerto Ricans did not die as a direct result of that hurricane. There's a lot of reasons they died, but let me tell you something. Once again, you'll not get the full story. The Puerto Rican government has been a disaster for decades. The Puerto Rican economy has been a disaster for decades. They're heavily socialist or government-centric. Their electrical grid and their electrical system hasn't been working in many respects, at least in some areas of the island, for a long, long time. Their recovery efforts were a disaster. You talk to these folks at FEMA and the amount of uh, resources that were poured in there, and also you have to remember, again, it's an island, so it's not like trucking things in or training things in. You've got to have the, uh, the capacity to ship things in, and that was being done, and fly things in, and that was being done. It just reminds me of the way they treated the Katrina situation as another political uh, event to exploit in order to take out Bush. And she acts like somehow Puerto Rico was mistreated. No, it wasn't. It was a difficult, difficult situation in Puerto Rico. Their infrastructure was a disaster to begin with. It was much more difficult to get resources there. And we could go on and on. It's been written about. It's not like I'm telling you something you don't know. But she talks about climate change and the Green New Deal. And I don't think anybody's covered this more thoroughly than I have, whether it's in uh, Rediscovering Americanism or whether it's in uh, Plunder and Deceit or whether it's on this radio program. The uh, birth of this movement in the United States comes out of Europe like so many terrible things, uh, like Marxism and socialism and depending which part of Europe, I guess. But it comes out of Germany and France. They talk about the degrowth movement, I'm repeating, but I'm underscoring, the deindustrialization of the United States, how we need to push the United States back to a GMP it had like 10, 20 years ago so the rest of the world can prosper. This is what's going on. This is what this movement is. Chuck Todd will never discuss it, and yet there it is in black and white for history. He'll never discuss it, and yet he bans anybody from coming on. One of the things I discuss in my new book, Unfreedom of the Press, is this issue. Because the media are now so invested in it, where they're now censoring people who have a different point of view. Experts. Experts. From MIT. Experts from Harvard. Experts from Stanford. Of all kinds. Apparently are climate deniers. Nobody's denying the climate. Nobody's denying the climate changes from time to time. Of course it does. What people are denying is that there is solid science behind the idea that mankind can affect climate. They have different arguments. For instance, they talk about sunbursts and so forth or other issues. But that man is simply incapable of having that kind of force on the planet. And even more than the planet, on the atmosphere. It's just not possible. And they explain it, and they ex- many of them have different arguments for it, but they explain it. And so rather than using the media as a format to have this discussion, they ban it. And our entire, you know, our entire policies now are surrounding this issue, pushing this issue. Even Republicans saying, it's, stop fighting it already. Just jump in and we've got to limit it. You know what it reminds me of? All weekend long, all Sunday long, Republicans like McConnell's guy was on with Chris Matthews. That Trump's making a big, big mistake by jumping into this Obama stuff, 
backing the Justice Department that's challenging it, that wants it knocked down on constitutional and other grounds, handing the Democrats victory. Victory. You see how quickly it works, ladies and gentlemen? The Democrats push the most radical plan. Even they know it doesn't work, which is why they're going on about Medicare for all. They know Obamacare doesn't work. They know it's a disaster. So the President of the United States is more conservative than almost every conservative in the United States Congress. And his Justice Department is challenging Obamacare because... The Supreme Court's crazy opinion, among other things, it said that, you know, with the independent mandate, it kind of mandates Obamacare. Well, that was knocked out. So there's a new serious challenge. Now, I think Roberts is a Svengali. I think he's uh, trying to place his own, uh, trying to write his own passage for history about what a wonderful chief justice he is. So he's abandoned the rule of law on multiple occasions now. He certainly did with Obamacare. And I suspect he'll abandon it again, or one of them will. And by the way, keep an eye on Kavanaugh. He's not what you think he is. It's exactly what I said. Some of us had the guts to say it, even though we defended him against those vile, vicious, hateful allegations. He's already showing some ankle, in my humble opinion. Anyway. So Trump's challenging Obamacare. Rightly so. And the Republicans are running from him. The Hill newspaper, GOP lawmakers root against Trump in court on Obamacare. It's a bad idea, everybody. It's a bad idea. Why? Because it's a loser. Why? Because Republicans don't know how to talk about liberty and competition and choice. There are plans out there. What are their plans? There's a lot of plans out there. We're going to discuss them tomorrow night, by the way. My buddy Chip Roy, congressman from Texas. There's a lot of ideas out there. So what if we don't have a government-created plan like the old Soviet Union or, the, or, the, or Red China? Here's our plan. Five steps. Follow it. We have a, the gold plan, the platinum can, and the silver plan. Like it's Plato's Republic, which wasn't a republic, by the way. Can I tell you a little side story on that, a footnote, Mr. Producer? And country? John Adams, the great John Adams, used to tout Plato's Republic. And then one day he read it. And he was shocked and astonished. Plato's Republic isn't a republic. It's a tyranny. Those of you who read Ameritopia, you know this. Plato's Republic is a tyranny. And he said, oh, good Lord, what have I been promoting this for and pointing to it for? In a sick parallel with Obamacare, in Plano's Republic, people were grouped. This is, this is where the hard left is. Absolutely nuts. Khomeini, the original Khomeini, was a big fan of Plato's Republic. They group people in categories like we do in this country now based on economic categories and sexual categories and this and the other. Well, Plato does it in his Republic. And people are either born into or move into certain categories. And he assigned them medals. Gold, platinum, silver. And of course, in the highest strata, these were the philosophers who were educated to be you know, the governors, the, the, the bureaucrats, the people who would run society, much like progressives today. 
Well, Obamacare has different plans, right? Well, we got the gold plan, and we got the, uh, the platinum plan. What I'm saying is the people who wrote that bill knew damn well what they were doing. In part, creating Plato's Republic. They even used some of the language out of the book. Seriously. I'll be right back. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the, uh, the Marxist wing of the Democrat Party, which is most of it, hasn't really spoken unless Bernie Sanders has, or as we like to call him, BS. BS Bernie Sanders. On Deface the Nation. Cut 12, Mr. Producer, go. So if the courts strike down the ACA, does that ultimately help you? No, no. Look, uh, yes, Trump has an idea on health care. His idea is to throw 32 million Americans off of the health insurance they have. No, it isn't, you idiot. You, you've done that. First of all, 32 million Americans? Let me be abundantly clear, folks, very clear. If they get their Medicare for all, they put nice names on bad ideas, which is iron-fisted, centralized government. You better get used to a massive bureaucracy in Washington, D.C., pushing you around. You're making phone calls. People aren't around on the weekends. They're not around at night or early in the morning when you're sick. When you need meds, they're not going to have meds. They're going to be rationing. You won't even get toilet paper. I'm telling you, look around the world. Look around the world. It doesn't matter how much money you have. You won't have enough money to break through the bureaucracy. But the government will have complete control over you. This whole climate change thing is about the government controlling you, your life. Centralized health care is about the government controlling you, your life. They view you as one of many, a mass. How to control the masses. Improving society by controlling the masses. Anybody who wants to step out and be an independent thinker has to be slapped down. Anybody who's successful has to be ruined. We can't show the world that successful people in a free society, it actually works. No, no, no. Can't have that. What would politicians do if we had more liberty? What would politicians do if we had more competitive health care rather than government-run health care? It'll be Americans. Nobody will be thrown off health care. Everybody will have health care. But nobody will get medical care. That's the problem. Nobody will get the drugs they need. That's the problem. These guys act like they can run the world. This jerk couldn't even run Vermont, for God's sakes. Can't even run his own household, for God's sakes. But he knows what to do. AOC. Waiting tables a year ago. Now she runs the world. Only in America. No, I say no. Hell no. We don't need more government, more bureaucrats, more politicians. No, no, nothing's telling us how to live. There's a lot we can do to improve health care. It's called competition. We have it when we buy toasters. We ought to have it when we get health insurance policies. I'll be right back. Levin, the most popular conservative author in America. Call in to the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. Admit it. 
You think that cybercrime is something that happens to other people. Well, it does happen to other people. But I suspect it's going to happen to you, too, if you're not protected. Then you're what we call the low-hanging fruit. Now, you may think that no one wants your data or that hackers can't grab your passwords or credit card details. Unfortunately, you'd be dead wrong. Stealing data from unsuspecting people on public Wi-Fi is one of the simplest and cheapest ways for hackers to make money. It's just one example. When you leave your Internet connection unencrypted, you might as well be writing your passwords and credit card numbers on a huge billboard for the rest of the world to see. You might as well be announcing it on TV and radio. That's why I decided to take action, to protect myself from cyber criminals. I use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN secures and makes anonymous your Internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your IP, your public IP address. Well, it's public no more. Turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. For less than $7 a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have. And it is the best. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar. Comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Hello? 30-day money-back guarantee, but you won't need it. Protect your online activity today. And to find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash mark. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash mark for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash mark to learn more. All right. Man, oh, man, Oshevitz, we've got so much to get into here and so little time left. Pew. No, I don't mean something smells. Pew, the research group. Pew, nearly 20% of the world's migrant population lives in the United States of America. Well, somebody please explain to me, given that the vast majority of these folks come from south of the border, how we can be systemically racist when the vast majority of the migrant population whether it's from the Middle East, Africa, south of the border, and yes, some Europeans as well, but they're in a minority. How is it that we're a racist society? And we're also home to more foreign-born residents, as Breitbart points out, than Germany, Russia, the UK, and France combined. 44.5 million foreign-born population living in America. That's nearly a 108-year record high of immigration to the U.S. as a percentage matter. We are, let me say it, so even, uh, what's that jerk's name who was going after Tucker Carlson again? On CNN? No, the other guy, the host. Uh, All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are being invaded. We are being invaded. No matter what they think at CNN and MSNBC, these are not normal news organizations. Van Jones, right, easy to forget. The 44.5 million includes roughly 22 million naturalized citizens, 11 million other residents, including more than 1.5 million foreign temporary visa workers, plus about 11 million illegal aliens. Well, somebody please explain to me, as long as I've been on the radio... 
How long have I been on the radio? Since Sunday, Rich. What? 17 years now? 17 years. The number is always 11 million illegal aliens. Have you noticed that? Every year for 17 years, it's 11 million. I don't buy that for two minutes. We're going to have a million to a million and a half illegal aliens this year alone. Hey, there's no crisis on the border. No. It's all manufactured. The crisis is with American citizens and cows. AOL, builders of walls, and then you have uh, Pope Francis, AOL, you know, they're all very upset with the possibility of a wall being built. Now, what's the impact? As they write over at our American Thinker, which is a great website, by the way, American Thinker, Rick Moran, mass immigration has come at the expense of America's working and middle class which has suffered from poor job growth, stagnant wages, increased costs to offset the importation of millions of low-skilled foreign nationals. Four million young Americans enter the workforce every year, but their job opportunities are further diminished as the U.S. imports roughly two new foreign workers and Democrats for every four American workers who enter the workforce. Even though researchers say 30% of the workforce could lose their jobs, Due to automation by 2030, I don't buy that stuff. We can get into that another day, okay? The U.S. has not stopped importing more than a million foreign nationalists every year. Wow. Now, what is the job of our government, ladies and gentlemen? What's the purpose of our government? It is our government, right? Is it the purpose of our government... To ensure that foreigners can come into the country willy-nilly and participate in our massive welfare state? Is that the point of government? I said the other day, I think it was on Fox on one of the programs, they want the illegal aliens to vote. Well, why not just send them absentee ballots? You can send 7 billion foreigners absentee ballots and tell them to vote. They have to come here and vote? Probably bad of me to give the left that idea, don't you think? And as I've also said for years, you can be sure if the people invading our country by the millions over a course of time were voting Republicans who supported the American Constitution, well, the Democrats would oppose it. They'd be building moats. They'd be building Walls, fences, they'd be putting tanks on the border, they'd have snipers on No way, no way, no way. But now, sure, the more the merrier, because they saw what's happened, they see, rather, what's happened to California. They see what's happening to states like Colorado. They see what's happening to Virginia. They see the blue states that once were potentially winnable by a Republican like Reagan are not anymore. New York, New Jersey, Illinois, to name three. It's getting harder and harder on the electoral map. So the way the Democrats, it's open borders, get rid of the electoral college. They got all kinds of cool ideas. Represent the people. Which people? What are they talking about? Now, Van Jones will say, you know, he sounds like a, uh, a white supremacist. I'm not a white supremacist, you jackass. That stormer crowd hates my guts. Need any lectures from these leftists about humanity either. 
They have a high tolerance for the suffering of other people. Well, you know that Mal, he just didn't do it the right way. Stalin, yeah, he just hijacked his... You know, uh, uh, Maduro's just an incompetent. Always excuses. Well, as Lenin said, after the Russian Revolution, and he got very ill and he would die within a few years, and he was very troubled by Stalin, but as Lenin said... Marx told us how to run a revolution. But he never told us how to run a country. Amazing, isn't it? But Bernie Sanders knows how. Bernie Sanders used to celebrate the Soviet Union. Now he pretends he doesn't. Hey, Scandinavia! Scandinavia! What do you mean, Scandinavia? With all due respect to those countries they call Scandinavia, who gives a crap what they're doing? I don't know what they're doing, and I don't care what they're doing. We don't aspire to be a Scandinavian country. Bernie used to talk about Venezuela, doesn't do that anymore. He used to talk about Cuba. He doesn't talk about Cuba anymore. Why is that? Why does he cherry pick? Do you know how easy it would be to debate this guy when he gets up there? You're for the wealthy. You're for corporations. You're for the rich. I'm for the poor people. No, you're not. You're for starving the poor people. He wouldn't know what. Wait, what do you mean by that? You don't know how production works. You don't know how markets work. You're all about government. You're for starving the poor people and starving the middle class. You don't support medical treatment for all. You just want government health care for all. We know that's it. We're not in Scandinavia. Well, we're not in Scandinavia now, are we? I don't see all. Ah, never mind. I'll be right back. The uh, House Judiciary Committee, led by a very stupid partisan by the name of Gerald Nadler, used to be shaped like the state of Montana until he had that operation with the band and all. Uh, In any event, uh, they are going to or have the House, I suppose, subpoena the full report, the full Mueller report, uh, and take it to court. Now, if the courts were smart, they would say, look, this is a matter that the two branches, the other branches have to deal with. This has nothing to do with us. We're not getting involved in this. But this will be forum shopped, and it'll be shopped to activists who aren't smart, but they are activists. And uh, here's the thing. Congress has no legal argument. I mean, they'll come up with one, but what is the legal argument? We're Congress and we have a right to this information? No, you don't. You're a legislative body. This was a criminal investigation. The rules are a report goes to the Attorney General. There's nothing in the rules that say the Attorney General has to make the report public. There's nothing in any statute that says that, period. Well, we want to know. Well, who cares what you want to know? Your power has limits, too. And I'm sure all these constitutionalists, so-called, in the Senate and on radio and on TV, who are very concerned about the National Emergencies Act of 1976, are going to speak up immediately about separation of powers. This was a criminal investigation. That falls squarely within the authority of the executive branch. Congress has no role in it whatsoever. None. Zero. Period. 
And so this should be fought. It's not good enough. You see, the attorney general says, look, we're going to strip out the confidential 60 grand jury information, as I'm compelled to do by statute. We'll strip out the classified stuff to make sure, you know, we don't destroy our country. We'll do this. We'll do that. The rest of it will make public. No, we want it all. And we want it by tomorrow. Well, too damn bad. Well, we're going to subpoena the report. So here's another pseudo-event. All last week, remember? I told you, a pseudo-event, the date. Now we want it on April 2nd. Well, you'll get it April 15th. No, we want it the 2nd. No, you get it the 15th. No, we want it the 2nd. That was a big news issue, remember? Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, there's a big piece in the Washington Free Beacon. Satellite photos show Chinese anti-satellite laser base by the great Bill Gertz. He's a real reporter. Any interest in that? None. None. Zero. The Chinese are on the move, threatening the United States. Russia's on the move, threatening the United States. All they can think of is collusion, the Democrats. Iran is threatening the United States. It's moving on its nuclear plan. And we sit here. This is our news. It's not news. It's a joke. Republicans, they're undermining the president's fight to kill Obamacare. You ever think you've seen anything like this? Uh, look, uh, we, we don't want to run on this. I mean, we had a gold... Uh, what's his name? McConnell's guy on uh, with Chris Matt. Yes, it's a, really, it's diverting attention. You know, it's a, diverting attention. This is real world stuff, genius. And you know what's annoying? The fact that break-ins still happen all the time. The FBI says there's over a million of them every year. It's ridiculous. This day and age, we haven't figured out how, a way to stomp these crimes out completely. So it's important to protect your home and family. That's why I always recommend getting a good security system. So get the best security system. Simply Safe Home Security. It's fantastic protection for your home that keeps working if the power goes out. If the Wi-Fi goes down, or even if a burglar smashes your keypad, they have some of the fastest response times in the industry, ready to send help 24-7 if there's an emergency. So maybe it's no big surprise that Simply Safe is the top choice security system for CNET, PC Mag, and more than 3 million Americans, too, including us. Go to simplysafemark.com. SimplySafeMark.com to learn more about Simply Safe, folks. Just get it. You're going to need it, and it's a, a terrific cutting-edge system. Cutting-edge. It's not complicated. You don't have to mess with your walls. You don't have to dig holes. You don't have to do anything. It's cutting-edge technology. Order today to get free shipping on your system, as well as a 60-day money-back guarantee. There it is again. A money-back guarantee, two-month money-back guarantee and free shipping. So it's risk-free. SimplySafeMark.com. SimplySafeMark.com. How much time do I have, Rich? Now, I'll be honest with you, folks. I always am. I know when I come out with a book or somebody comes out with a book, oh, there he goes again. I, I tell you this. I wear my views, my passion, on not just one sleeve, on both sleeves. I wear them on my sleeves. So I'm exciting about something that I'm hatching over a period of a year. That's the gestation period. I mean, it's a long time to write a book. I'm especially excited about this one. And I know 
many of you, it's, I don't really want to pre-order a book when it comes out, I'll order it. I got it. But I want to strongly encourage you to act as soon as you can, today if possible. This is a big issue. What's going on in the press with the First Amendment, freedom of the press, how it's been hijacked, what's happening to it. And I address it from every angle imaginable. And I think you're going to find it not just entertaining, and I don't mean in a glad, happy way, entertaining, that is, fulfilling what you thought it would be. But I think you're going to find it really almost life-altering in many ways when you watch TV and listen to radio. And those of you who watch me on Hannity on Friday night, you got a little taste of it. Those of you who listen to the program, I put out little nuggets here and there because I'm not allowed to get into it as heavily as I would like to. But we're taking on a very dark force in this country, not freedom of the press, unfreedom of the press. And we need to take it back. We need to begin the discussion, the national dialogue, and it's going to start here. It's going to start with the book. I'm not talking about ranting and raving and whining and complaining. I'm talking about the real thing. The real thing. So if you like listening to this program or watching me on TV, and if you like my past books, I would say strongly encourage you to jump in and pre-order. I don't know why Amazon does it. I'm glad they knock it off 40%. And you can order it from Barnes & Noble, any of these, these stores that have uh, websites and online ability to purchase it. I think this will be a big book, <clears throat> not because of me, but because of you. And I think there will be a lot of word of mouth once you've read it. So I know you might say, oh, here he goes again. I try to make it as interesting as possible without getting into the whole thing. I'm walking a typewire, really. Because the publisher doesn't want me to get into it, but honestly, I'm too anxious to keep sitting on it, so I give you a little taste here and there. Uh, But I learned a lot, a lot in researching this book, and I want to convey it to you. You know, I've I've said many many times, when you read a book of mine, 98% of the research I did does not show up in that book. I go through the different historical documents, the different current events, issues, and so forth, and edit out what needs to be edited out and just leave you with the best, most compelling argument. I want to salute all you heroes out there. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Have a wonderful evening. God bless. Take care.